Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hey there, Toby here, and my pronouns are he, him, and it will become very apparent as to why I've just announced my pronouns, which I don't normally do when I open up the this podcast, in the conversation that we're going to have today with my guest, Nate Shalev. And we've got some really great conversation in store for you. Now, I came across Nate on LinkedIn, and uh, it was a post that they put out on LinkedIn that really got my attention. And before I introduce you to Nate, I want to uh, just read you the post that they they posted because I think it's um, really insightful and I found it really moving as well. So um, Nate published uh, yesterday morning. The first thing I saw on LinkedIn was an inflammatory viral post about why the author thought that pronouns were absurd. Um, I could have responded, but using pronouns saves lives. And that was the bit that that really got my attention. Um, I could have responded to say that LGBTQ students feel safer when they have an inclusive curriculum. But I didn't. I didn't respond. And I didn't read the comments. I just blocked them. There is a time and a place to educate, to redirect, to challenge. I'm actually really good at it. It's why I started my own consulting business when, where I do just that. But this was not the time for any of that. Most social media posts aren't. To put it frankly, the post was not worthy of my energy. Sometimes people tell me that they are surprised that I don't have more hateful comments on my LinkedIn posts about being trans and queer. The truth is that I do. I just delete, report, or block them very quickly. There aren't many places where I can almost guarantee the safety of queer and trans people, but this LinkedIn page is one of them. This is a place of solidarity for all of those who have to work through extra challenges just because of who they are and how they exist in the world. This is a place of growth and learning for all of those who want to make their workplaces work better and subsequently their communities work better. So yeah, that was, I mean, for me, that was a hugely powerful and and moving LinkedIn post. So I reached out to Nate because I really, really wanted to get in contact with them and have this conversation with them. So Nate, welcome to the show. It's lovely to see you. Um, Could you just spend a bit of time introducing yourself to us a bit more? Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for reading that post so beautifully. It was really nice to hear. Uh, I don't actually know if I've heard it out loud, so thank you so much. Um, So my name is Nate Shalev. My pronouns are they and them. Uh, I'm an inclusivity expert, and and as you mentioned, I I spent over a decade in the social impact space, and then I founded my own consulting business called Rebel Impact. Uh, So I focus on helping companies create workplace cultures where both people and businesses can thrive. I believe deeply that work doesn't begin or end at work. And and as I said in the post, I think work, there are a few places that we can control and work is one of them. So we can create cultures, not just where people feel safe, but where they can really thrive. Brilliant. So let, let's kind of launch into it. Let, let's start with, I think, some basics, really. You know, what, what are pronouns? Yeah, so pronouns, like within, within the language, uh, pronouns are just things that we used to refer to when we want to refer to someone or something. So in English, pronouns are used to refer to people and they become really important because they're they're gendered. Um, so like different languages have different ways of, of doing this, but in English, our, our, our pronouns are gendered. And so that means that when we're referring to somebody, 
by their pronouns, we're also in some ways affirming their identity. Or if we're not using the pronouns they want, they want we are not affirming their identity. So that's the reason why the, the kind of pronouns conversation is so integral uh, to our identities, because they are referring to us as people. Yeah, it actually reminds me of um, some research that was done where it was between German and Spanish and how people describe objects that are gendered. So I'm going to probably get this the wrong way around, but I think it was like in Spanish, let's say uh, a bridge is masculine. So people described it as, you know, strong and robust and, you know, and then in German, let's say it's feminine. They described it as elegant and beautiful. And it's, yeah, it just goes to show how powerful language can be. And it's particularly when we look at gendered language. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think language, I would say language and labels overall, right? They they are uh, just ways that we are using to, to try to identify things. And they also shape the way that we understand each other. So they're imperfect, but also really useful tools when we're trying to uh, know who we are, right? I think folks think that the LGBTQ community can be very complicated because we've got all these letters and what do we do? But really at, at its core, we're just trying to figure out who we love, how we want to exist in the world and understand who we are. And then we find the label that best aligns with that. And I think it's similar, similar with pronouns as well. The people that usually listen to this podcast work in HR. Um, so they, they, they usually like heads of HR, diversity and inclusion practitioners, people that work in learning and development. So I suppose from their perspective, why are pronouns so important in the world of work and the organizations that they might be working in? Yeah, so people are going to work best when they feel included. So if you are not including, um, let's say from the time that you uh, are, are, somebody's applying to your, to your workplace and on your application, you don't have a space for pronouns. And then I apply and I speak with a recruiter the first time and they're not using my correct pronouns. I'm automatically going to feel like this workplace is not the place for me. And then let's say that the recorder, the, the recruiter happened to also to, like to, to ask my pronouns and then they use it. And then I get into the office and then my very first day, half people I'm speaking to are misgendering me. Now, all of a sudden, uh, I'm going to feel like I don't have a place here and I can't do my best work there. So because pronouns help affirm our identity and they help us feel included in the workplace, it's really important that we do because LGBTQ folks are, are great employees just because we are, you know, humans in the world. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we include uh, everyone who might be able to contribute to a workplace. And that includes folks who might use different pronouns than, than, what, than what people might assume. Uh, we all use pronouns. We all have pronouns that we want to be called. So let's say um, no matter what pronoun you use, think about it and think about somebody calling you the opposite just because they assume that that's what you would want to be. So if you go by he imagining somebody just calling you she just because they thought that that's what you are and it would just feel really bad. Like it just doesn't feel good. So that's that's kind of to, to have that have that flip that we all have them. It's not just for the LGBT community. Everyone, everyone has a pronoun that they that they use. I, I really liked your practical example of capturing pronouns in recruitment and better still making sure that that gets handed over to the onboarding people that do the onboarding for when you start in an organization um how else do pronouns show up in the world of work yeah so i think it's it needs it's it's holistic right so it's onboarding it's it's like recruiting onboarding and then making sure that managers and leaders and that everyone has the training to make sure that your teams feel inclusive 
Um, so I think pronouns are, are a really easy starting point. So let's, so it's right because it's something that we're going to be called all, all the time. And it's something that needs to be reinforced all the time when we're in our one-on-ones, when we're in our meetings. Um, but that could even be broadened out to, to gender inclusion overall. If you are a, a team leader uh, planning an event, making sure that you have name tags that have pronouns so that everyone can feel included or making sure that, you know, the team, the, the, the a team event that you're going to go to has a gender neutral restroom, right? It really is, uh, it needs to be holistic and it needs to be inclusive. Um, and pronouns are a really easy way to do it because one, there's something that we're just saying, right? So it really is just the intention and making sure that they are present everywhere uh, so everyone knows them and everyone can can feel good about how, how they're being referred to. From your experience and the work that you do and the organizations that you work with, what, what are the best practical actions that employers can take to be you know, more inclusive around gender and addressing gender equality in the workplace? Yeah. So the, what I'll also suggest is to think about like, like employers, I would say like organizations writ large, but also really even more granular to the teams that you're on. So no matter where you are in your organization, you can have an impact on gender inclusion. Uh, So if you are in marketing, you can make sure that your marketing materials always include gender diverse folks, you can make sure that your messaging is also gender diverse and that um, if you're talking about a community that you make sure to include that community in, in whatever you're talking about. I mentioned that if you are a manager on a team, making sure that everything you're doing is, is gender inclusive. And uh, that can be like you're doing a team building activity and you want folks to talk about childhood stories. Know that for, for trans folks, like childhood stories might not might not be comfortable to share. Um, if you're if you're in HR, it's 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 one of the places that you can have the biggest impact because things like uh, I know I so I'm I'm based in New York and I know that the the U.S. is different in terms of our healthcare, um, but because we have employer sponsored healthcare, making sure that there are trans inclusive and queer inclusive healthcare benefits, and knowing that any efforts you do for gender inclusion benefit everyone. So if you are including fertility and abortion, uh, well, abortion, or I was going to say, yeah, because that's on my mind right now with, with, with what's going into the U.S., but uh, fertility uh, care, um, adoption benefits, right? Anything that is going to also be for the for gender inclusion is also going to benefit everyone. I talk to quite a lot of people who sometimes feel awkward around using pronouns that don't feel like natural to them i think some people are so used to just using he and she mm-hmm. and it, and and th- those pronouns like line up with what they expect somebody's pronouns to be and then when they meet somebody who uses uh, a pronoun different to what they would expect they're kind of feelings of awkwardness fear of putting their foot in it w- what are your thoughts around that and and how how can people navigate that that choppy water I would encourage people to think about the feeling that they want to provide for somebody else, meaning that they you want somebody to feel included. You want somebody to feel good about the conversation that you're having. So it's okay that you're feeling awkward. I would focus on making sure that focus on what you want to create, not necessarily what you might be doing wrong. So awareness is okay. Language is always evolving to meet to meet our needs, right? And to meet who we are and to meet the the societies that we're in and the current moment that we're in. So it's okay that language evolves and that you're getting that you might be getting used to something. For, for they, them pronouns, I, I always encourage folks to, to think that they also, they, they do this all the time. So let's say I was telling you a story that I went to the bank and the manager there was really nice and you might not know who the manager was. So you'd say, oh, what was their name? It's something that we naturally do anyway, 
but some people have feel that awkwardness when they're trying to be intentional about it because they might not be used to it. But it is it is a natural way that we do use they as a singular in other parts of our language. Um, so it's not as unnatural as, as some folks might think. What you've just said reminds me, like the first time I did unconscious bias training, um, we did this exercise where we were looking at the assumptions that we make around job roles. And it was like somebody said, um, you go and see the doctor. And then the other person said, and yes, what did he say? Because we assume that, you know, a doctor is more likely to be a man than a woman, for example. And actually, a simple thing to do is just switch out the he and the she with with they. So, even where you might have those kind of gender stereotyped roles, you know, like uh, a doctor being a guy or a nurse being, you know, a woman or, you know, it's actually just just yeah just default to they it's quite a simple thing to do really it, it really is and that's also a great point um about when you get someone's pronouns wrong because let's say you were telling that story and somebody said he and you were like oh actually my doctor's a she you wouldn't like that person wouldn't overly apologize and say oh no i'm so sorry i got the pronouns of your doctor wrong i feel so bad this is so terrible this is the worst thing ever they would just be like oh okay she what like what did she do right and you would move on with your conversation and that's what, just a really good model when you get someone's pronouns wrong, it's okay. You just like correct yourself and you move on quickly. You don't have to overly apologize. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's actually uh, really distracting when it is a big thing because then we can't have the conversation that we were having. Like we were talking about what we we're going to get for lunch and now we're having a 20 minute conversation about pronouns in which I am telling you that it is okay that you got my pronouns wrong and that is not helpful to any of us. Yeah. And I think it's about owning that and not getting defensive. I think some some people can get a bit defensive and they don't they don't own it and then move on it's like uh you need to kind of yeah apologize accept and then accelerate yes. <laughs> uh and move on and uh yeah i mean i was in a situation recently where i i went to a, a disability event and the the host made a, a couple of uh homophobic and transphobic slurs um and i call i called them out on it afterwards um quite publicly <laughs> and uh but rather rather than holding their hand up and saying oh, i'm sorry i got it wrong yeah i'm gonna learn from it we're gonna move on we're gonna get better from this i just met this brick wall of defensiveness yeah. which doesn't help anybody it doesn't help the other guy who was uh, a gay guy next to me you know who was more in line of these homophobic slurs actually than I was um you know it didn't help him feel any more included and it didn't help the event either so yes it's powerful yeah I agree it helps no one and I'd assume that it also probably didn't even help him feel better right I think it probably just like like no no one is benefiting from this so yeah to to take away that defensiveness and, and make the corrections that you need to absolutely so I mean you you've listed off quite a a few things that organizations need to think about thinking like how gender inclusive are you know healthcare policies using pronouns on name badges at events may empowering managers to feel confident around gender equality and and using pronouns etc what are some other aspects of gender inclusion do you think businesses need to think about you know what would, what would be your top 3 suggestions yeah so i think I guess it's tough to choose three, but I think it really is focusing on so all the different aspects, right? So if, if you want to think about the like 
I want to say like life cycle of, uh, of, of like your employee, but recruiting and onboarding is for sure a, a big one around like documents, particularly for trans folks. So knowing that um, legal names might not match the names that we go by, or our documents might have a different gender marker than, than what we use. So having a system in place to be able to flag to flag those, and especially if you're using any sort of like, um, I forgot what the acronym is, but whatever the acronym is for you, like the recruiting platforms that folks use, sometimes those are automatic, um, like they automatically filter into whatever system you're using. So you make like sure- the applicant tracking system. Exactly, exactly. ATS, yeah. Yeah, yeah the ATS systems. Um, so speak to your providers and see if you can change those automatic tools. Training the recruiters to know to ask and know that somebody's voice and appearance might look differently than than you thought, and and that's okay, and it and it shouldn't be uh, addressed um, because then you're making somebody automatically feel uncomfortable. And then in terms of when somebody uh, is at your office, being inclusive of of gender. So I mentioned gender neutral restrooms, but some really uncomfortable situations happen in restrooms. And if I'm if I if it's my first day and I just want to go go to the bathroom and I immediately have an uncomfortable situation, that's not going to be great. So, so having the like lived experience of your employees be comfortable. And that includes making sure you don't have a gender dress code, um, making sure that we mentioned like managers having training, but that everyone has training around gender inclusion and what that means. And then the, the third thing that I'll say is knowing that one of the beautiful things about the LGBT, LGBTQ community, the, gen, like the, the kind of gender diverse community or our gender inclusive community is that we exist across geographies, across identities, that we're, we're everywhere, which means that um, you're that there's going to be uh, there are like some statistics that like one in six Gen Zers now identify as LGBTQ, and uh, there are more queer folks who identify as disabled than like the than the like general population. There are more queer folks who identify um, as neurodivergent as well. So knowing that your that LGBTQ folks have multiple identities and making sure that you're inclusive of those multiple identities, I think, is also really important. Like. Jewish LGBTQ folks are going to be facing anti-Semitism. Black queer folks are going to be facing racism. LGBTQ women are facing sexism, right? So if your office is also not inclusive and your workplace is not inclusive and accounting for all these other identities, then you're also not going to be gender inclusive. So that's the last thing that I would say is, is just remembering and, and being intentional about your holistic inclusion strategy because queer folks, queer folks exist across that spectrum and, and gender inclusion needs to exist across all that spectrum as well. Brilliant. Excellent. Now. This is the Inclusive Growth Podcast, and I ask everyone this question. Um, there's no right or wrong answers. Um, I'm interested in your your perspective on this. What, what does inclusive growth mean to you? Yeah, I think inclusive growth, when I think about it, I think of, of actually making sure that inclusion is part of your growth strategy, understanding that if your business, if you want your business to grow, you need an inclusion strategy. It's not a nice thing to have. It's not an extra thing if you have the time or budget. Uh, it is actually really integral to the growth of your business, and that uh, you, you, you can't do it out without it, right? So if you want to attract top talent, if you want to keep that talent, if you want to like save money and build your revenue and whatever specific business goals you have, you need to be you need to be thinking about inclusion in order to grow. And then and then I would also add that there's so much beyond that that we can do. There's so there's such an opportunity to create a different kind of world by focusing on inclusion that I would say the possibilities for growth are, are um, like exponential. Like we, we, we can have no limits if we really want to think about uh, the kind the kinds of worlds we create at our workplaces and in our communities. Yeah. 
I love the way you put that. And that, that that's pretty much what I said in my book. Um, oh, great. Yeah. I should read so, your book. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah, that, that's exactly how I've kind of framed um, DNI. you know, that it's there to help you grow and prosper as an organization that it's it's not something that you just do on the side of your desk or should be done as a box ticking exercise that if you get it into the dna of your business it will help you thrive and prosper um now before we go if the person listening to us right now wants to reach out to you and um you know follow up with you what should they do yeah, so I encourage you to follow me on LinkedIn and connect on LinkedIn. And I know that LinkedIn sometimes feels like just the place you go to when you want to get a job or when you're hiring. Uh, but I've really been trying to cultivate meaningful conversations on there. Uh, so that's the best place. Um, my website is also rebelimpact.com if websites are, are more your thing. Brilliant. Well, Nate, thank you ever so much for joining me on this episode today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I've learned lots from you. And uh, hopefully the person that's listened to us today has also learned lots and can take some really practical things away that they can apply in their own organization to make their organization more LGBTQ uh, and gender inclusive and friendly. So Nate, thanks ever so much. Yeah, thanks so much. And whoever's listening, I would say you can do it. No matter what you're focusing on, you can do it. It is that complicated. You just have to be intentional about it. Uh, so thank you so much for having this conversation. It was really fun. Wonderful. Thanks very much. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.